0: There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast, your weekly Apex Legends podcast brought to you by Crossover Media. I'm your host, Shay, joined by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? Season six
1: is here. I'm here for it very mm-hmm. excited for this episode very excited
0: to uh kick off this season everything is upon us now and we're going to get going here in a second but make sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at third party pod we got a cool giveaway launching on the Instagram tomorrow uh 2000 apex coins for three potential winners make sure to go check out the Instagram and enter to win there Sub to us on YouTube at the third party podcast. We stream weekly, 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time every Thursday. And we got some exciting stuff in the works for you guys for the stream. So make sure to stay tuned over there. Today, we got a good episode, though. We're going to be going through some reviews, uh, making a big announcement at the top of the show as well, going over all the season six changes, and wrapping up with some questions. First, though, let's dive into some reviews. First review is coming
1: from Danny Boy. 5 out of 5 stars, great podcast, smart hosts who actually know what they're talking about, calm and soothing voices, which I enjoy while working, great tips. They also really encourage and talk with their audience. Love the name and seriously join their Patreon. It's
0: totally worth it. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you, Danny Boy. That that means a lot to us. I mean, we put a lot of work into the show and uh, well, the patrons get to see everything that we uh, throw in there as well. Next review coming from Alpaco, best podcast you'll find. Listening to this podcast gets me through online schooling. Every Wednesday, I look forward to listening to my favorite podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Alpaco. That's super cool. I mean, I, it's my favorite podcast. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'd it's hope. A, I listen to it. Not gonna lie. And last review for the day is coming from Chicken Bob Turkey Duck best pod ever you guys have the best podcast ever I have listened to all of your episodes at least 20 times before I go to bed keep up the good work
0: thank you man that that's means a, a whole ton
1: that's a loyal listener that's a lot that is of a, that's a lot of reps
0: hey we're that, you're really helping the stats out chicken bob turkey duck that's true. that means a lot <laughs> uh before we dive into the news, we got a big announcement to make. Uh, Henry and I are excited to announce the official launch of our uh overall gaming podcast, the Good Games Podcast. It's a bi weekly gaming podcast, and Henry and I are looking forward to talking about a lot of other games and just having a great time. The first episode was really fun. Uh we talked about hyperscape, our history of gaming, and presented new games to each other that we hadn't uh ever heard of, and so it was fun to really kinda dive into it and just talk about games in general it'd mean a lot if you guys would uh, check this one out subscribe on apple pods or follow on spotify it's going to be a fun podcast Uh, yeah your support would be incredibly helpful and nothing will be changing about our apex content as well the third party podcast will be going strong this is just something else henry and i are doing for fun
1: i think it's going to be a lot of fun i'm really excited about it it's more of like a more of a comedy show, I think. It's still very informative, <laughs> like this show, but we have a lot of really cool segment ideas that I think are really entertaining, fun to make, I think are going to be fun to listen to. So check out that first episode and let us know what you think of it, either on Instagram or however you want to talk to us. Um I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are. Yeah. About?
0: Yeah, the Instagram and the podcast itself will all be linked in the bio for this episode. Check it out on there. We don't have a ton of followers, so if you really do want to interact with us, uh, you'll definitely, uh, we'll see your DM on that one. That's a fact. (laughs) Uh, Let's dive into the news, though, now. Uh, So we had a lot of leaks coming from our guy, Shrug Tall, and we'll cover them in the upcoming episodes as well, but there is one kind of leak that stood out above the rest, and that is the potential... Uh, leak of live events coming to apex either sometime this season or next season and henry do you want to kind of give some examples of what live events we've seen in other games are
1: yeah so i'd say the most popular example of a live event in a gaming experience is gonna show up in fortnite whether it's their big changes to the maps them blowing up their entire map or uh I think pretty recently the Travis Scott concert that they mm-hmm. put on live; those are live events, and so the idea of having that in an Apex game uh, is super excited. We have some ideas about what it might be, but this is this is a cool leak. I think a very a, a new first for Apex potentially.
0: It's cool to see that Apex is potentially taking some serious steps because a couple months ago i believe one of the developers was talking about how live events is not something they're even considering or yeah. have the capability of doing and so to see that now it's you know it's in the file somewhat being data mined and so there's potential there you know whether it comes to fruition or not is yet to be seen but they're taking steps in a right direction to seriously you know make this game uh one of the best of all time
1: yeah and As you know, if you're listening to the third party and and you maybe follow some data miners, um, a lot of new code is always put into the game when there's new seasons and updates. Mm -hmm. And so we have access to a ton of leaks right now about future seasons and future features. Uh, And I think in this episode, we're just going to kind of focus on what we have right now, celebrate season six, and then in the next couple episodes, we'll start to uh, dish out and talk about the future.
0: For sure. Uh with that though, let's start diving into season six, talking about the updates, the additions to the game. We're essentially gonna be going through the patch notes kind of in Henry and I's own or, order though, and talking about just all these crazy changes that have come to this game, and hopefully, uh, for anyone that doesn't read the patch notes, you know, give you all the information that you need, and for people that do and are playing the game, you know the second it comes out. Given our opinions on it and hopefully uh helping you guys understand a little bit more about what is going on in apex though but henry you want us to get us started with talking about the armor changes
1: so first off all armor in the game is now evo armor uh except the gold armor and freaking crazy this is a crazy change i i don't know we at least on the podcast did not uh foresee this, even mm-hmm. though we've had a lot of limited time modes and you know, we were very excited when the evil armor came in and we kind of theorized that maybe this could be uh permanent in the game, but mm-hmm. even, you know, yesterday I did not think I liked evil armor, but I didn't think we we're gonna get it in
0: permanent rotation. So this this was at least a big shock for me. And it's interesting. It's not kind of what people were expecting you know people were expecting like if we get evo only there's going to be like no ground armor and you're just going to drop with you know your evo like we have in the limited time modes and then build it up and so essentially you have to do damage and stuff Uh, but that's not really the case um when you find you know the whether it be white blue or purple armor on the ground it's pre-leveled armor like it always has been it's just evo now and so you Instead of, you know, capping yourself, you continue to evolve it. Uh, red armor is not on the ground loot, though, and can only be achieved through evolving. But there's also just another huge change to the armor setup in of itself. And I'll let Henry dive into that a little bit.
1: Yeah. So I think just the craziest difference for us is we're all fans of Evo. I think it's cool. But all mm-hmm. armor from now on is down by 25 health. So that means that if you have purple or gold, you have 175 health in total, not 200. And then the red armor gets you 200 health and you can't get 225 anymore. So everything's been brought down 25, uh, which is a massive change, a massive change.
0: That's a complete shift on the time to kill for this game, which is... I won't speak for you, Henry. I'll let you give your opinion, but at least for me, like it's one of the things I absolutely adore and love about Apex was the time to kill. I thought they had it down perfectly. I felt like it wasn't too long, uh, not too short, like some other battle royales I've been playing. And so it's very interesting that they felt like this was a shift they needed to do.
1: Yeah. To quote kind of the words of the development team, they said, Our goal for this is to bring down the time to kill a bit in order to better reward strategic positioning now i don't know what that sounds like to you shay (laughs) but to me that translates to rewarding high ground which we are preaching all the time here on the show uh and rewarding defending a location as aggressive teams kind of sprint or rush at you and to me what this kind of means in a formula is that they want to slow down the game pace so like decrease mobility per Mm se but speed up the gunfights with that faster time to kill. So you kind of have a Ye- growing and a shrinking of the pacing of the game, um, which I don't know it. At this point, I honestly can't say anything else than it's interesting. Like, I'm not really sure. I didn't feel like the time to kill was bad. I don't fully understand the intention of this. I honestly don't know if I really have felt it yet in game Mm -hmm. but at least in theory it is interesting
0: yeah i i saw a couple people on twitter talking about how they think that potentially this was to decrease the amount of third parties by making fights quicker and it's an interesting idea i'm not sure like henry said i haven't really felt it myself yet obviously we've only played you know uh maybe like 20 or 30 games this season so far. And so we definitely have a lot to learn still. Um, It's one thing the monitor for sure came straight out of left field. I was not expecting this at all.
1: Yeah. And there's also just a lot of changes on top of this. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we're starting this show talking about the armor up front as kind of the foundation of all these season six changes, but we're getting a lot of new mechanics and balancing and so kind of identifying maybe one thing like the armor as being mm-hmm. responsible for decreasing the time to kill or yada yada uh, i think there's a, a good argument for the combination of all these changes really changing the vibe of this game a little bit
0: yeah it's definitely a cumulative thing and a lot of uh even the devs are talking about how a lot of it even stemmed a bit from Rampart, you know, just being introduced and such. And so it's interesting to see how every change was very thought, thought about and connected in whatever way. And whether you agree with them or not, like they are definitely, I don't think they were just like throwing blanks. Like they, they had an idea at least of what they kind of wanted to do.
1: Yeah, for sure. And And A couple notes, I guess, about the changes to EVO, because now it's a part of daily life, is that you drop in and you don't have white EVO or Mm -hmm. 25 shield health. Uh, You have zero. But the EVO meter is set at 50 to go to the first cell of armor. And then it's 125 damage, and then it's 250, and then it's 500 to get red armor. So kind of tweaking these numbers a little bit. But as we jump into this next element here, there's multiple ways to get this uh, this Evo up now.
0: Yeah, before we move into uh, talking about the next thing, the last question I think I'll ask you just to get your opinion on is, when you're deciding between red and gold, where are you leaning right now?
1: Shay, I honestly don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I feel... It was, we've been really excited to prepare for this episode and we played a lot, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, on the night of the release. It's tough. I think I'm still going to lean towards red. Yeah. Um, Uh. Just because I think the change down to 175 health for purple Mm -hmm. and gold now, so comparing gold to red. I think it kind of changes my perspective on batteries a little bit, that now four cells yeah. doesn't equal one battery. It's three cells to battery. And now that it's nine seconds to slow heal with cells compared to five seconds with the battery, I think I'm more inclined to take the, the slower route to have my gun up more, I guess. Mm-hmm. So well, I don't know. I think I still lean towards red, but I think gold still does have a place I've always leaned towards
0: red though. Yeah, it's I'll, I'll lean towards red as well. Yeah, essentially the shield cells uh, have a bit more value now and it's interesting to kind of see how that breaks down with the red as well. Um, let's talk about the crafting system now that was introduced into the game. This is an absolutely huge new mechanic. Massive addition of a completely separate crafting wallet, you know, crafting stations and material extraction stations. Henry and I were incredibly curious about this and we're not really expecting and could not have imagined how detailed the new crafting system is. Um, To sum it up, essentially you collect crafting materials through extractors which are randomly clustered around the map uh, and those give you 25 materials each and then additionally each player can access Uh, every extractor on the map once by interacting with it and then you gain materials as well by opening supply bins and those give you 5 materials each for each supply bin that you open Uh, when you interact with a crafting station or replicator that are scattered around the map as well uh, they culminate into kind of like this tool to get you loot that is put on rotation throughout the day and throughout the week and so it's interesting to see how this is broken down. And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Henry, but the developer of this said it was an eight-month process to put this crafting material into play.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Uh, Mark Yampolsky, uh said he put eight months into the development of this crafting mechanic.
0: Pretty, that's absolutely crazy. crazy. It is crazy. Um, For every replicator that is found around the map, there's three terminals of, you know, the actual extraction to craft the materials. Uh, Crafting takes 10 seconds and the rotations are split up into daily, weekly, and permanent. And so the daily items are a weapon, an attachment, a hop-up, and it switches every day. And during the day, those items will not spawn on the ground. Uh, And to see those items, you can look at the loot at the full map at the beginning of each map. See those items, you can look at the loading screen at the beginning of the game, and also when you uh, load in and choosing between trios and duos, it'll have it listed there. And then the weekly items, healables and other items, so like right now it's a, a knockdown shield and a respawn beacon, if I'm correct. Yep, that's what I believe. And then you have the permanent thing, which is 10 ammo for both your weapons you're carrying, uh, medkits and 100 evo points for your armor. So it's not a full upgrade of the evo, but say you had, you know, 400 damage left to get to red, if you put it into the crafting station, you would then leave with 300. Uh, it's just a very interesting system. Let's what are your first impressions on it just off of the initial play with it, Henry?
1: Yeah, I think what you said on our behalf about us just being shocked It's definitely my first reaction. Like Mm -hmm. this is a fully fledged out new mechanic of the game. Like this is here to stay. It's throughout the entire map. It affects the entire loot pool. You can't escape this mechanic. Like we had the charge towers last season. You could have gone all season without ever using a charge tower, and really not missed out on a ton like unless you were playing a pretty specific uh legend but for this this is now interconnected with everything we see in apex and my assumption before we got it and even after the patch notes came out was this isn't really going to affect me like i Mm -hmm. am confident with my loot i want to loot bodies not buildings i don't want to stand at a station for 10 seconds But after playing a bit and thinking about it, you really want to do this. This is free loot. You get materials for free just by opening bins, getting ammo, getting batteries, getting heals. Uh, At the very least, if my loot is good, I'm always going to spend the 10 seconds and the crafting material to upgrade my Evo, honestly, at this point. And that really helps when you're on the road to red. And from purple to red, it takes 500 damage or evo points. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty much on board, but I still, I'm still kind of in shock that this is what we got, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, not what we were expecting at all when we were looking at the crafting system. Uh, another fun note is if you throw your armor in there to upgrade, one, you take the armor off completely, so you're slightly vulnerable for the time it takes to craft, which is 10 seconds. And then it also recharges your shield. So if you put it in there with like it half cracked uh, and it upgrades it, you will get it back with full shields, which is kind of just a fun little note as well.
1: That's a very nice pro tip. Um, I think the other thing I want to talk about with you on this is with those daily rotated items, the weapon and the attachments that go along Mm -hmm. with it, they do not spawn on the ground. So the only way you can get them is if you or somebody you kill has completed the crafting in order to get it how do you feel about that
0: it is very interesting and so so far the first two guns were the eva and the longbow and so those really haven't affected my play personally those aren't guns yeah. i really seek after i think it could really change my gameplay for the day though if there was like a G7 in there, I think I would be a lot more inclined to push for those crafting materials and those crafting stations. But even just with the digital threat from the first day, I found myself crafting digital threat in most of the games because I personally like that site. Yeah. Um, definitely a little bit of frustration if we get mags in there and like not finding them on the ground and only being able to get them out of those things. I don't know if it's good or bad though because like for one it definitely makes it easier but there's still situations where you won't see these replicators just because of your rotation and there's situations where people will camp these replicators at this point because it is kind of slow and you can take your armor off to do them.
1: Yeah, I will say it. it's slow and you're certainly vulnerable when you're uh, interfacing with it but the sound and the light that it emits is not uh so much of a deterrent i think like i think it's just kind of a one flash as soon as you interact with it um and so i don't necessarily think it's like a beacon for people to come to you but if people are there you probably should not be shopping at the Mm -hmm. at the replicator um i'll say like just like you with those daily rotations, we've seen a purple extended energy mag um, in the dev stream when the the devotion yeah. and the turbocharger were in there. And I think that's really interesting. Like if the prowler is in there and it also has the select fire, maybe a purple extended oh heavy. Oh my goodness. Like,
0: Don't give me dreams, Henry.
1: I mean, that's a really good <laughs> setup just as the devotion is. But that means that for the entire heavy class there is no purple extended heavy mag which is kind of nuts like just in terms of like a loot pool perspective like there's none out there you have to craft it um but i say no it's not necessarily bad like it just means you kind of have to commit to this mechanic and i don't necessarily think you have to go out of your way because there's extractors everywhere you're getting the materials passively just by looting bins and so i think it's super cool it's very creative it's a new thing for the game i think it gives players a lot of different routes to loot you know more passively like now if you want to upgrade your evo you can mm-hmm. eat, you can do damage to upgrade it you can pick it up off the ground you know preloaded or you can use crafting To level it up so there's a lot more options i think for all players but what i guess i'm happy is is that everybody is going to be having touch points with this crafting mechanic and i think that's pretty cool
0: yeah it kind of comes back to what you were saying earlier and that it is not an optional thing at all yeah um it's you're gonna interact that you have to use it and that is just a very interesting concept in of itself and they partially said that they like it because it keeps the gun pool balanced of the ground weapons by having something not on the ground which to me sounds like we're not seeing the addition of a new gun at this point without the removal of something because this is now twice they've said they're yeah. very happy with the gun numbers that they have right now
1: yeah to just flesh out that point some more Like season five, they said, we're not introducing a new weapon because the loot pool is too saturated. We like where it's at. And this Mm -hmm. season, they're introducing the Volt, but having the crafting so that one less gun is on the ground. So it's the same in terms of guns. And yeah, just like you said, that's interesting just for the future. Does that mean? Yeah. Will guns it, be removed? Probably not. Will we get a new weapon? At this point, probably not.
0: It's crazy to see, but we got a lot of other stuff to cover as well. We could talk about crafting for a while, but let's get into kind of some of the map changes. Yeah. And let's start with the big addition, I think. Cause it's a common theme amongst all of the new additions, and I'll let you kind of flush out this idea for the people.
1: Yeah, so besides the crafting, we have a new interactive map mechanic and that's the rising blast walls um they're located at launch site countdown and staging which are all new pois that we'll dive into but essentially you can activate a panel which will start this giant wall to rise out of the ground and what this does is it creates a pretty defensible platform high above the people outside the wall and inside the wall
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the thing that, I don't know, for some reason it kind of shocked both of us, it's permanent. Like, you can't be raising and lowering it, it's up, and it's up for the rest of the game. So it, it's a pretty interesting new mechanic, makes some interesting fights. Um What do you have to say about these?
0: I just think it's, one, very loud, and so it's not like oh, yeah. a, you can't sneak around on these walls by activating them and something that's interesting is at least we'll dive into all the POIs in a second but you have to kind of activate the blast walls to loot in a way um just it really connects a lot of these new map features but yeah if you get during a fight if you fall off one of these things you could get into some serious trouble just depending on which wall it is some of them have uh little you know Hallways in them and like stairs around them, and then others you're just kind of like out in the open. And at that point, you've really lost any power position that you may have. You
1: hope you have some smokes at that point. (laughs) Yeah, you
0: do. Yeah, Yeah. I,
1: I think that bit about the fact that if you go to one of these new POIs that have the blast walls, you are gonna raise them all, you know, just because in order to effectively loot the area. And I think that's interesting because that kind of makes it less of a strategic decision to keep them lowered raise them when people are like in the kill zone mm-hmm. if you will um, but I still think it's really cool like they look cool uh, they're loud I like the interaction we've had some really good uh, fights already using them uh, overall i I give it a thumbs up
0: For sure. 100% agreement from me. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, Let's dive into some of the other map changes now. And so looking at all of them in general, though, uh, the developers had in mind a couple of things for the changes to World's Edge this season. And one of them being more and improved play on the lava side of the map, and then better options for rotations out of some very particularly sticky choke points. And lastly, an interesting new map mechanic to promote new combat scenarios, which was the rising blast walls that we just covered. And so I think Henry and I, we're gonna go into each POI individually now and kind of talk about it and give you a little bit of the description and our thoughts, at least on what we've played so far. Yeah. Starting with launch site. And so Hammond Industries continues to take over World's Edge. They're up to something nefarious, I'm sure. The launch site can be found to the west of the dome in a previously unoccupied lava field. The giant rocket ship stands above the center of this new POI, and it can be seen towering over the mountains from as far away as refinery. It is a towering rocket, Henry.
1: I, I did not have my expectations tuned in to the size of this thing. I really <laughs> thought the harvester was massive, and I was wrong. Rocket ships are way larger than planet harvesting machines. (laughs) And I know that now.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And this POI did some other stuff as well. Uh, There's a new cut through uh, through some of the mountains to tree as well as a zip line and entry into sorting factory. Overall, like it's massive. It looks amazing. uh, And based on the location size compared to the two other POIs, it isn't so far turning into a must drop. Like, at least for Henry and I from the beginning of the play. Like, how would you compare it from a loot perspective to some of the other POIs on the map?
1: Yeah, I I don't think it's a massive, like, loot centered place. You know, some of the devs Mm -hmm. are saying that this is a place that multiple teams can comfortably drop for loot. I don't feel that way in comparison to other spots, I guess. I think this, uh, the launch site has potential. For like being because it's kind of on the perimeter of the map, mm-hmm. it has great potential for being maybe a ranked drop where you want to be kind of on the outside. It has decent loot for a team, but I don't necessarily think this is like a hot drop. This is not like replacing fragment or anything like that.
0: Um, but it dang looks cool, it looks really cool. It's It's a hard spot to loot. Everything's very spread out, and honestly, a lot of these new p o i s are kind of tough to loot, but I think this one is a bit more uh in particular harder than the others uh This place also has one blast wall you know between the new uh cave, i guess between tree and this p o i and we've actually had a couple of fights there uh for some reason and found the blast wall to be very influential on those fights
1: yeah certainly. I think the blast wall is definitely something that you know, reinforces what we always say here. High ground is king and mm-hmm. you want to be up there. So have mobility, think ahead. Um, I think it's really going to serve everybody this season.
0: For sure. Let's talk about countdown now.
1: Yeah. So this uh, place replaces drill site. Um and Countdown is another large Hammond facility with a mysterious purpose. You know, with a name like Countdown, it seems like it might be related to the rocket launch, uh, but that is yet to be seen. Um, and really, the essence of this POI is it's a imposing fortress with a very tall perimeter, uh, which is built up uh, by three giant rising blast walls. Um, and we have really liked this uh, this drop spot for fights in game and right off the drop because it kind of sits right in the middle of the skyhook rotation, the rotation from lava fissure, and then train yard, which uh, I think is our favorite and mm-hmm. a pretty popular spot. So we've really been enjoying this place, uh, maybe more than launch site uh, at least so far.
0: Yeah, it's definitely centrally located and lots of rotations like you were saying. I've really enjoyed the fights here thus far. Um everything's pretty open at this POI and so there's definitely a lot of crossfire if there's multiple teams here. And one thing I will touch on though is there's a center loot spot that I think in the trailer and the dev stream I was led to believe was going to be like a high tier kind of drop area. You open it and then this whole center thing opens and You can walk down into the middle of this area and you become very vulnerable. I don't think we've really seen like gold loot come out of there or anything. The best just being, you know, purple armor a little bit.
1: Yeah, I have to second that. It's definitely a great thing to open up after you've cleared the area. But it's Mm -hmm. not like you're uh, just sending it in there and going to get a gold gun and all sorts of stuff. So this is a cool spot, though, uh, for sure. I like it. I think it's going to be very popular. Um, I think it's definitely going to get a lot of attention uh, for Mm -hmm. end circles, drop locations. I think it's certainly big enough for multiple teams to go. Um, And so I think this is one of my favorite new additions uh, to World's Edge for sure.
0: Agreed. Agreed 100%. Let's talk about staging now. So staging is a bit of a smaller POI than these first two, but lands in the nexus of a heavily traveled area in the center of the map uh, near harvester the new drop location replaces a small town that used to sit directly between the train tracks to the east of harvester and harvester itself it it should provide much more interesting fights as well as significantly more loot than the town before it Uh, instead of a small town uh, there's a new kind of it's a similar aesthetic to a lot of these other spots and we have two more blast walls in here Uh, connects the train tracks across the gap uh, and then a lot of new things we'll get into and dive deeper in a second here but there's a lot of resting train cars uh, that provide a lot more cover along the tracks and some connections as well into the lower parts of this uh, new poi it's a really cool spot and then on just a quick little note uh We also see the departure of the nearby Mirage Voyage, as in the developer's words, Mr. Witt has flown his personalized ship away from World's Edge for now, which is kind of a sad thing. Henry and I really love that spot.
1: Yeah, it was a popular drop uh, ever since it showed up on World's Edge. And to tell you the truth, it was a major reason for us uh, coming back to Apex after taking a break that season uh, with the... uh, with the Winter Express and the Mirage Voyage, we definitely uh, have a soft spot in our heart for for that uh, town takeover.
0: No doubt. Another interesting thing about this staging location is I feel like the blast walls are not as imposing as the other locations in that the train tracks are higher than the blast walls. And so someone can have the blast walls up, but if you're up on the tracks, which now have pretty solid cover you're not really worried about these blast walls. And if someone is set up defending that area, you can actually shoot down on them. And in the rest of these POIs, the blast walls, I think, are meant to be kind of the superior high ground to a lot of these entrances.
1: Yeah, I think this is a definite upgrade for this area on the map. It's sad to see Mirage Voyage go. Um, But in terms of, you know, rotation, um, I think this is a really exciting, cool place to fight that's what I have to say about that.
0: Uh, Let's talk about some of the other kind of, I guess, smaller changes to the map, but still impactful.
1: Yeah. So a place that we've been really enjoying, and if you uh, have tuned into our Patreon episodes about kind of our favorite drop spots for ranked and kind of Mm rotating effectively on World's Edge, our number one spot was Survey Camp. And now, in Season 6, they have a new addition of a cut-through from Skyhook to Survey Camp. And in this cut-through of the train tunnels, there is a lot more loot. Um, honestly, a massive There's even amount. a balloon. Yeah, there's a jump tower in the very back uh, of the map, kind of in between Skyhook and uh, Survey Camp. It's, it's a really cool spot to drop, and I think their intention was to give a little more attention to survey camp, and I at least really think that it's going to be effective at doing so.
0: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. It was already one of our favorite spots, and this just kind of took it to the next level. Speaking of the train and those tunnels, uh, something crazy for this season. The train has been stopped. Uh, For Season 6, the train has been dismantled and scattered around the tracks of World's Edge. Uh, For the dev's words, uh, this single change helped us achieve one of our goals of providing more rotational options through some particularly scary choke points. Nearly all the tunnels that used to be clear for the train, and therefore almost never used, now have static train cars and other cover as well as some small amounts of loot. I don't know, Henry, what do you think about this one? Because I personally never felt like rotating through the tunnels was like a scary, scary, huge concern.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've never heard anything in the community about like the horrible choke deaths or whatever that have happened on this map. Um, but But I will say that if they're trying to kind of tune this map to to perfection by making these tunnels uh maybe easier or better for fights um they're raising the bar for the quality Mm -hmm. of map uh that we may get in the future and so although i don't think this was like solving a major problem i had i welcome it and i'm excited to see them you know do what they want to do and
0: make an even better map i guess I feel like that's kind of a common thread amongst a lot of these changes. Not what we were expecting, um, but we'll see if it it betters the game.
1: Yeah, I I guess I have a couple questions for you just regarding all these map changes. Okay. Besides the chokes, how do you feel about the loot on World's Edge now?
0: Yeah. I already felt like world's edge had a slight advantage over Kings when it came to loot. And now it just feels like there is so much loot. Um, I saw a lot of people on Twitter talking about how the cargo bots have been dropping multiple gold items for people, which was not something that happened last season. And I know you shot a couple down that had two gold items in them. Um, the ground, uh, Items being shifted because of the crafting. Apparently, there's been a lot more gold knockdown shields in people's opinions. And I've noticed, like, we've killed a team that's had two knock gold knocks a couple of times. And just overall, a lot more ammo, a lot more access to ammo and stuff with this whole crafting mechanic. It's really interesting. And now, the fact that all these train tunnels have loot as well, there's just a lot of loot on this map.
1: Yeah, I'm sure we'll be diving into it more as this even, as the season progresses. But I think it's interesting, like the combination of the new POIs, um, taking out of the train, but then also adding in the crafting, I think has seriously elevated the amount of loot and even the high tier loot. So even though I don't think I was complaining about the loot or the chokes on this map, we have improved both a lot.
0: It's going to be interesting going back to Kings for the second split of ranked and seeing if they have any changes there. If I hope the crafting will be introduced onto that map as well. Yes, that uh, is just confirmed. because Okay, good. Just because there is a lot of negativity around those issues and the fact that they quote unquote like even fixed them in World's Edge and hopefully they can do something to create some some of the similar kind of positivity around King's Canyon, at least with the professional scene.
1: Yeah, I I think so.
0: Um, some other things are, there are some new geysers that have sprouted up around the map, uh, north of the dome dome by sorting factory. A new one has sprouted up south of lava fissure as well. Um, it just kind of adds like these little, like there are kind of these weird cliffs to cross and now you can get up them a lot more easily.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of, Updates all over the map. Like I've noticed Mm -hmm. a lot more staircases, like to get up onto the train tracks, which is really helpful. And then a huge change for us that we uh, discovered was at the train yard, we really always talk about the upper cars, the four suspended cars. They have been substantially lowered. And now you can, if you get onto the large building on the Eastern side of train yard, you can vault into them. Just climb right up now. Major mm-hmm. change to that entire place now.
0: Absolutely crazy. It's going to be crazy to see some end circles there now and see how that shifts it. Uh, let's talk about Rampart. You know, obviously, season six, the introduction introduction of a new legend. And she's an interesting one. Henry and I have played a pretty good amount of her now. We've both tried her out. and So we're going to give you, I think, our first impressions and then in the near future we'll try and Dive deeper on Rampart of her, of her but do you want to describe, I guess, give the listeners the description of Rampart, the official one?
1: Yeah, sure. I think I can do that. So Ramya Perak is a 21-year-old British Indian blue-collar private business owner who just needs a big gun and a backpack full of scrap metal to get by in the dangerous, wild west world of the outlands. Uh. Peric brings her modded shields and knowledge of heavy weapons, such as Sheila, which is the name she calls her minigun, and we got the abilities now for her. We've been really counting down the clock uh, with Mm -hmm. leaks and things like that and our own assumptions, but now we know,
0: and we're going
1: to kind of review them a little bit.
0: For sure. The first one being the passive, and that is modded loader. Uh, Rampart has increased magazine capacity and faster reloads when using LMGs and the minigun. Modded Loader also increases the amount of shots before overheating occurs and improves cooling when using the L Star. It is a 15% increase in mag size for LMGs and a 25% decrease in reload speed for LMGs. What have been your first thoughts on this passive, Henry?
1: It is an incredibly unique passive ability. We have never seen anything that's affected uh, weapons uh, from a legend perspective here. And so this is really a first. Um, but my first, I guess, reaction to it is I think this gives a lot of necessary attention to LMGs. We don't use them mm-hmm. uh, because of a variety of reasons recoil, reload time, strafing speed. Mm-hmm. But I think this kind of focus, that this is a legend built around light machine guns, I think balances a little bit the fact that people are going to be like, hey, this is a cool extra ability that I have. It's a bit of an incentive to use it. That being said, for me personally, I don't necessarily think that it's a requirement for you as Rampart or the Rampart on your mm-hmm. team to be running an LMG. Like the increased mag size doesn't super matter and the decreased reload speed kind of just puts the LMG in line with assault rifles. And so I think it's nice to kind of bring them in line in that regard, but a lot of the times you're going to be better off with an assault rifle if you're trying to use an LMG essentially is what my own personal thought is on this.
0: I agree. I think the only one where I'm still on the fence and we'll decide, I think, shortly if it's uh, a necessity is the L-Star. I think the L-Star has incredibly high damage. And so if she really helps it out, which she has in my short use of her, um, it might be like I choose the L-Star over the Volt or something else or the Devotion if I'm playing with Rampart. But it still doesn't really shift the Spitfire uh, for me that much.
1: This will certainly be a topic of discussion for the entire season. Like, I have Mm -hmm. no doubt that this will be a very popular topic. And I guess my first stab at it is an LMG has a lot of bullets, but the recoil pretty much means that it can't be used at a medium range for the most part. Mm -hmm. Like, it just gets outperformed by every other AR. And so it really means that you're bringing this LMG into a close range fight. And I just have major concerns about like a spray and pray weapon that has a slow strafe speed while aiming down sights compared to SMGs, shotguns, Mm -hmm. and pistols. So it's just like, when do you most effectively use an LMG, even with this incentive with the fast reload speed?
0: For sure. I think that's a very fair point. Uh, The next ability we have is the tactical, and that is the amped cover. So Rampart builds a crouch cover wall, which deploys a full cover amped wall that blocks incoming shots and amps outgoing shots. Uh, A max of five amped walls can be deployed at a time. You can pick up and move individual amped covers. Uh, Each cover has 400 health for the crouch cover, which is the more metal solidified thing, and 180 health for the amped shield. And once the shield is knocked out, it does not regenerate. The amped cover increases bold damage going out by 20% as well. And as the amped cover is being built, it can be destroyed pretty easily with one shot, just like caustic traps as they inflate. And you can tell they're building by the golden shimmer they have. And this is about a five second time uh, that Henry tested out for us. It's very interesting. Twenty-six second cooldown per amped cover, approximately. And what have been your f- first thoughts on this ability?
1: I think they did a really good job with it. Honestly, I mm-hmm. I had some serious reservations about it. I think that even though you know Rampart has named her minigun Sheila, and that's very uh, essential to her character, <laughs> it's really the tactical that I think defines a legend. And so a lot was riding on this tactical in order to make this legend successful right off the bat and i guess i'll first draw attention to the fact that the last legend that was introduced that really became meta was a defensive legend and that was Mm -hmm. watson and so you know the stars are in alignment for rampart here to make a splash and to be really good and i think a lot of that is centered on this tactical and my initial thoughts on it are I think that it's getting full marks. I think that it's really cool. It's balanced Mm -hmm. with the building mechanic. It has hit points. You can pick them up and move them. The fact that you have three charged up off the bat and can hold three and then have a max of five out can really allow you to make some pretty intricate defensive structures. Um, I really like it, to be honest.
0: For sure. I think it couples a really good as well with the ultimate, which is the emplaced minigun, otherwise known as Sheila. And this ability is that Rampart places a mounted machine gun that anyone can use with high ammo capacity and a long reload time. A max of three miniguns can be deployed at a time. has a two-minute charge-up, 150 shots per mag, with a limited in the reserve. Uh, it can toggle zoom for a much-upgraded sight for that minigun a 9 second reload time uh, but not for Rampart. Rampart's is 6.75 seconds 14 damage to the body 28 to the head it's very much a crazy gun and in combination with the ant cover it really helps you deter and lock down an area in a similar fashion probably even more of a deterrent though than Watson. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think that's true Shay. I I really think that even though Watson's ultimate is still so much uh the meta of the defensive side of this game, mm-hmm. I really think that Rampart has a has a solid shot to offer something different and give a lot of new defensive play. Like I think it's clear that people like the pace of Apex. They like that you can hold down buildings and you know beyond hillsides with high ground i like it and i think this kind of just gives another option to do that and it's super cool i never thought they could introduce a turret legend i really didn't it i didn't understand how i would ever not use my weapons that i've Mm -hmm. practiced for years with to use this new turret but i think that it works
0: Yeah I'm super excited to see how it progresses into the season and as ranked play gets a little bit more serious in the coming weeks see if she's a part of that and how the meta is in general because like you were saying last defensive legend to come into the game had an impact on the meta and maybe it can be recreated with Sheila and Rampart and that'd be really just exciting when looking at new legends that have come into the game. I personally haven't felt like this Minigun is like overpowered, which I think was a concern that a good amount of people had.
1: Yeah, still but a it, concern for a lot of people.
0: Yep, but it definitely still puts out the necessary damage to make you want to use it. Is I think that's fair.
1: Yeah, I think that is fair. I don't feel that it's overpowered yet. Mm-hmm. Um and the plan right now for us is the show after next, we're hoping to do a deep dive on ramparts. Yeah. so we'll go some strategy, break it down a little further. But I guess what I'll say for now is that for late game, mid game, putting down some of these amped covers and the turret is a serious deterrent for teams to just run at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the spray of the weapon, kind of the recoil, yeah, really decreases the realistic damage you can expect Mm -hmm. from it honestly like it does do pretty good damage almost 30 damage to the head is kind of crazy but the spray that it has kind of just brings down the threat level Mm -hmm. but the potential seems to be keeping most teams at bay for now and I'd say this a very effective zoning ability for a legend
0: For sure. I agree. Very hard to put down the cover and the turret uh, mid-fight just because the turret and the uh, amped cover have the health and can be destroyed if a team is on top of it. But we'll dive deeper into those kinds of things and the strategies in a a week or two. Let's talk about the SMG. I'll let you explain that one, Henry.
1: Yeah, so this is the first energy-based SMG to see regular use in the Frontier. The Volt allows its operator to fire a salvo of energy-based ammunition, decreasing drag and making it possible to hit multiple targets within a short window. That's what they say over at Apex. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see what that means, but uh, we've broken down the stats uh, so far. Just kind of a limited look at it. The mag mm-hmm. size is 19 right off the drop, 21, 23, and 26 for a purple extended energy mag. The body damage is 16, with a headshot damage of 24. And then the reload time is two seconds for a tactical reload. And a tactical reload means you still have bullets in the mag. And then Mm -hmm. for a full reload, meaning you've depleted the entire mag and you have to fully reset it, it's about two and a half seconds. And I think it's interesting to compare uh, the Volt to... The R9 and the Prowler. And so first the R9 used to be, before it got put into the care package, 11 damage to the body. Now it's 12 and 18 to the head. So the Volt, we can kind of infer that it's a little bit slower, but the body Mm -hmm. damage is higher and the headshot damage is higher than the R9. And then the reload speed is about the same. For all SMGs. They're all about two seconds for the tactical, two and a half for the full. And then looking at the Prowler, uh, just in comparison 15 to the body and 22 to the head um, compared to the Volts 16 and 24. So these are Mm -hmm. all very much in the same ballpark but right off the look of it, the Volt looks to be pretty good, you know, with the highest damage out of all these uh, SMGs But we'll see kind of what the time to kill shakes out to be with the mag Mm -hmm. size and all things considered. Because the Prowler has a 36 bullet mag. So we'll kind of continue to monitor this, break it down even further, uh, look at the time to kill. It's just been hard since now uh, we don't, with the timing and the changing of Mm -hmm. the time to kill and the armor, it's been kind of hard to break down really quick. But that's kind of the first look at the Volt from a numbers perspective What do you think about the gun?
0: Yeah, I mean, my first impressions of this gun are it feels really good. Uh, The recoil is a pretty controllable pattern, straight up and down. Um, And the sound of the gun is loud, one, but sounds just so nice when you're killing somebody. I will say I've definitely struggled with it off of the drop. The 19 in the mag, uh, if someone has any decent sort of armor, can be a bit of a problem for sure like I definitely think it's similar to the R9 and that you need and really want to get that extended mag on it but overall I've really liked the gun and I think it's a pretty worthy uh R9 replacement for now
1: yeah it's pretty cool I mean this is a very exciting thing for Apex I mean mm-hmm. the first SMG introduced the first uh full auto weapon we've had in a while now um, mm-hmm. and potentially the last like ground weapon we get um yeah so it's very exciting we're excited about it um to see where it really settles in uh in the next couple weeks uh something we're definitely excited about
0: for sure Uh, another change we had is the addition of hollow sprays hollow sprays are a new way to emote in the arena by using the emote wheel you can throw down these legend specific calling cards the taunt enemies that you've bested or warned future challengers that you're not to be messed with. Uh, what have been your thoughts on these hollow sprays? Cause I know we weren't super thrilled about the concept of them yeah. uh, off the bat. I at least
1: seriously underrated them. I think they're truly a very cool addition to the game. They look really cool. Um, the nice thing about the fact that they're hollow, like they're not necessarily sprays. They're kind of like mm-hmm. hollow projections. And so like, if you toss them down and it just comes out of the quip wheel, um, you can see what it says as you walk 360 degrees around it. And I think that just looks really cool. And I don't know, this is kind of mean, but almost my favorite thing about it is that they don't last very long. Like the map, (laughs) the map's going to stay clean. And I was worried about that. Like I really like the look and feel of Apex. And Mm -hmm. if it was just tagged up everywhere with everybody's like favorite hollow spray all the time, I Mm -hmm. feel like we lose a lot of the, I don't know, realism, but at least like the competitive nature of Apex. And so I like, they look great and they're temporary. So I'm all about them.
0: I like them. They're fun. I thought they were going to be battle pass only. I didn't realize that you're going to be able to craft them and they're going to be like a finisher and have a gold rarity. Uh, And Henry actually got one with his gold pack from the battle pass. And so it it was interesting to see on that front. Uh, But so far, so good. Let's talk about the battle pass in general, though.
1: Yeah, so this season's battle pass includes a reactive skin, of course, the supersonic G7, which uh, I think we're really excited about that. Big fans of the G7 over here, the third party. So Mm -hmm. now it's getting its moment in the battle pass. Uh, it, It looks pretty cool.
0: It looks like it has good iron sights, which is something that the G7 uh, struggles with to an extent.
1: We also, just to kind of run over the highlights, have uh, the Bloodhound Road Warrior skin, which I'm sure you've already seen on our Instagram and all over the internet. You've probably checked out the Battle Pass as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's five hollow sprays in the Battle Pass uh, with skydive emotes, of course, as well, and weapon charms. It looks like it's a pretty good Battle Pass and with all these new things, I think it's an upgrade.
0: For sure. Battle Pass is great as always. Enter our giveaway on Instagram so you can win yourself some coins to buy yourself that Battle Pass with. Talking about the quest though now, um, follow the story from the Season 5 quest, but now in full color illustrated comics, which is really, really cool. In my opinion, at least. It's no longer a pve experience like it was last season it is now fully just story and comic based you unlock it the same way collect your treasure packs daily to earn your rewards uh, which those include crafting materials challenge points apex packs and then you know the gun charms as well but then you also get these comic lines unlocked and the first one was really cool not going to spoil it for anyone go check it out for yourself are you disappointed that we lost the pve experience though, Henry? You know, I think it was kind of a mixed bag with the PVE experience.
1: We were really excited about it um, just because it was new. And I at least saw massive potential in Mm -hmm. just the idea of having a campaign to go alongside a playable campaign. And so I think whenever you lose something, you feel a bit disappointed. And I think I felt that here with not having a PVE uh, this season. But I have to say, Having cool illustrated comics instead of like a text uh, crawl is definitely cool. I think it helps to tell the story. I'm excited about this story and I hope that they continue to develop this. You know, it's kind of weird, at least for me to call it a quest just because there's not any action. There's just reading. It's kind of just a story. But but yeah, I, I think it's cool.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes, see what story they tell this season and just You know, learn more about these legends in comic book style fashion. Speaking of the legends, though, we're going to dive into the legend changes now for this season. Henry, I'll have you explain kind of the recon legend changes that happened.
1: Okay. So, for the recon legends, uh, Respawn has said that this class, that, that the recon class is built around getting information. And that should be powerful in a BR, where knowing where the enemy is is often the difference between life and death. But out of the three legends in the recon class, Pathfinder, Crypto, and Bloodhound, one dominates in terms of in-game performance. It's the robot. The robot dominates. (laughs) So they pretty much want to elevate the recon class and kind of offer a bit more diversity And honestly, pulled down Pathfinder a little bit. But that's kind of what they're saying here. They're saying that the most popular uh, recon is Pathfinder. And I'll add here that we've said on the show that maybe Pathfinder shouldn't be in the recon class. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: now that what we've been saying is coming to fruition, uh, I guess he's here to stay. But before we say it, in this patch they also... Uh, said that they're mostly buffing Bloodhound as they needed the help the most. And if you've been following our streams or our tournament performance or mm-hmm. our podcast, you know that we really fell head over heels for Bloodhound in season five. And I don't know, I'm shocked that they said that Bl- Bloodhound was in desperate need of help.
0: Yeah, we are absolutely huge Bloodhound fans. and was not expecting to get a bloodhound buff this season at all and it's something else for sure very interesting to see
1: but the big change this season honestly is survey beacons now all recon legends bloodhound crypto and pathfinder can now use survey beacons to get the next ring location and crypto can use his drone to scan the survey beacon and does so instantly So there's no duration to scan it and interact with it. It's just press and you got it. Huge. We've been talking about it on the show for months.
0: Yeah, we've been talking about this one. It's been leaked for a long time. Um, Survey beacons are one of Henry and I's favorite aspects of this game. We think they're incredibly important and undervalued by the general community. And hopefully this brings some attention to them in general. But... With the addition of this, they felt like they needed to do something for Pathfinder as well. And so now each time Pathfinder scans a Survey Beacon, the total cooldown of his zipline gun is reduced by 10 seconds. Normally 120 seconds for the cooldown for that ultimate. And so I guess theoretically they were saying at max you could get it to a 60 second cooldown for the grapple. or Not for the grapple, but for the zipline. And that is something that I don't think is going to be happening anytime soon for anyone.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is a really interesting call. We, to be honest, we didn't know what, if they did do this, we were not sure what they would do to Pathfinder to mm-hmm. keep something unique for the passive. Uh, but to be blunt, I don't think this was a good thing. Like, I think this just yeah. further tries to push down Pathfinder And although he's still a very popular, very competent legend, it just kind of feels like bullying, especially when he's so nice.
0: And the part that frustrates me, especially as a Pathfinder player, I understand the concept of wanting to balance all the legends and make sure that someone isn't overly played and overly dominated. And so I hear all these things they're saying about Pathfinder, and I'm just like, Take a look at Wraith, man. Like, <laughs> every single pro team plays a Wraith. Wraith is the most played legend in Apex, and her, you know, side grade nerf thing can very much be interpreted as a buff. And so it's just very somewhat frustrating as a Pathfinder player to hear that we need to take this guy down because he's been playing too much. And we're, but they're not going to make any shifts to Wraith, who is one of the most played legends and there's people out there that only know how to play Wraith and unfortunately there's a small portion of the community that uh, still quits games if they don't get Wraith and (laughs) when they're picking their legend so it's just a little frustrating there
1: it certainly is and I don't really know exactly what our stance is on this at this point but we're all about balanced legends and having Mm -hmm. all the legends have a good shake and honestly. This is a great time for that. Uh, like all the legends I enjoy playing, I think are very powerful in their own right. And I'm not sure if just because one legend is popular, it means we have to nerf them again and again. I, mm-hmm. I think it's okay. Like if certain players like a certain playstyle, allow them to use that playstyle. Don't nerf their favorite legend to force them into playing crypto. Like, that just kind of seems like a weird perspective to say we're going to keep taking Pathfinder down until more people pick Bloodhound and Crypto. Just Mm -hmm. doesn't really seem healthy, in my opinion.
0: For sure. Let's talk about Bloodhound, though, now. So, for context from the devs, you know, Bloodhound fulfills a very clear role. In Apex Legends, they're here to gather information and be the tracker. But currently, their performance leaves a lot to be desired. In this patch, we wanted to double down on their ultimate being their big moment of becoming a godlike tracker. Bloodhound already gives up some information to the enemy when they scan or use the ultimate, makes a noticeable sound, it's very visual, and so we think there's room for a lot more power during the ultimate. So for Beast of the Hunt, uh, you now gain even more duration when Bloodhound scores a knockdown or kill with the ultimate about to run out. And for Eye of the Allfather, During Beast of the Hunt, I have the All-Father now comes out twice as fast and has a much shorter duration. So to look at it from a numbers perspective, Beast of the Hunt duration, uh, the extension of it, if under 10 seconds remaining and you get a knock, the duration is reset to 15. If you have more than 10 seconds left on the duration, out of the 35 second ultimate, it still adds the same 5 seconds per knock, which was a little confusing. Not exactly what we got from the patch notes. and more so from the play. But with the Eye of the Allfather, uh, during the Beast of the Hunt, uh, it goes down from 25 seconds to a 6 second tactical from just time. So you can use it very much more repeatedly. And the actual use of it, the animation goes down from 1.8 seconds to 0.9 seconds. So cut straight in half there.
1: Yeah, the, the changes to the tactical here, WoW and the Ultimate, are pretty big honestly. They're nuts. They feel completely different. Like, Mm -hmm. essentially, because of the duration of the scan itself, of knowing where the enemies are, if there's a Bloodhound bathing in the Bluth, they just know where you are now. And they feel really fast because of Mm -hmm. the ultimate, and the fact that they're not, you know, putting the brakes on every time they want to scan now, it just, I think, makes Bloodhound even more aggressive. And I think this is definitely powerful. I, I'd say it's a good thing. You know, if they're saying mm-hmm. still nobody likes Bloodhound, that just means that we have more, more room to grow our podcast because <laughs> we've been trying to say it. But I, I think this is a pretty cool thing for Bloodhound.
0: I like the mentality. Bloodhound is really awesome. And these changes have been incredibly fun to play with for sure. I've been playing Bloodhound probably as the quote-unquote main now for the end of last season and into the beginning of this one and you know i like playing everyone but he's definitely been like the the ranked player at least for henry and i's team composition which you guys all know if you've checked out the patreon episodes
1: that's a fact
0: but hound is a beast for sure looking at crypto now uh Crypto, because he has no abilities without his drone, the Apex team figures there's even more room for more power when he's in the drone now. It's an interesting concept for sure. But the surveillance drone, uh, Crypto can now activate respawn and survey beacons from his drone. And doing this is instant instead of the you know press and hold to activate this thing. There are also some changes to his EMP. The EMP will now slow teammates caught in the blast even if they had no shields. Uh, This means the player who uses the Revenant Death Totem will also be slowed. You don't take damage, just slowed, though, if you're on the team. And by the numbers, the Surveillance Drone was... uh, The HP was increased from 30 to 60, but the hitbox size uh, went from a cube size of 16 to a length of 24. Thoughts on this, Henry?
1: It's it's good. You know, we were definitely curious about what they would do to crypto this season just because we've been kind of we we had a whole episode on it last season uh and we weren't quite sure what they were going to do to give crypto a little bit of love um and now that he has a bit more functionality with the drone i think that's an overall good i i wasn't expecting that he'd be able to respawn people and hit the beacon with the drone but I think it's cool. You know, it's balanced. The fact that crypto has to sit in the corner and play on his switch uh, <laughs> in the fight, I think makes it so that, yeah, when they're playing the switch, they should be able to do some cool stuff. So I think this is good.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, a lot of people were calling for some even more changes to crypto and they did do some things. They just did it while in the drone. And a lot of people have been asking for some stuff outside of the drone. Um. I've already noticed the crypto drone being really nice, though, for hitting those beacons instantaneously is huge. Same with the respawns. And there's a couple people saying that this could make a change on the competitive scene. I'll believe it when I see it. The competitive scene does not like to shift at all. That's um, a fact. But there's there's definitely some r- murmurs in the area. Um, time to dive into the other legends, though, I think. You want to start us off here?
1: Yeah, I think... Talking about crypto, good segue into discussing Revenant. Um, I guess just to use the words uh, that the team has said about Revenant is that they're happy to see that dropping the range restriction on Death Totem brought a lot more Revenants into play. But we've been Mm -hmm. watching a particularly frustrating combo play out in professional level play, Involving a squad of Revenant, Wraith, and Crypto, where using the three ultimates together resulted in two back-to-back runs of the enemy team that they could do very little about. We've attacked part of that in the Crypto EMP change, uh, but here's the other part aimed at making this play less overwhelming. And The change to the death totem is for two seconds after being recalled, By the Death Totem, players cannot use Wraith's ultimate, the Dimensional Rift.
0: Henry, is it bad for me to say that this really is not that much of a change? Two seconds isn't even enough time to hit a shield cell.
1: This is not a change at all, and I think that it's very weird. I think, you know, now that the Crypto EMP stuns, I think that that does something. Um, Mm -hmm. It still, I don't think it hurts Crypto's EMP very much. I think you can still use it. just have to be a little bit more tactical about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of come in with the team instead of send the team off ahead. Um, But this thing about the Wraith Ultimate doesn't make a lick of sense to me. Um, Because it says that only after you're recalled uh, by the Death Totem will you have this penalty. But how I see all the Wraith usage in this combination being played is that they place the portal as they're attacking while in death protection. So, I think this is interesting. Uh we'll see how the community reacts, I think. Mm-hmm. I was really anticipating some sort of tweak to Revenant, whether it was uh increase on the cooldown time for the ultimate or perhaps a really heavy-handed change where uh when you're in death protection, you don't have any, uh, abilities. So I don't know yeah. if anybody was expecting this, but you know, I guess I'm going to cross my fingers and hopes this, uh, really curbs out that brutal combination.
0: Yeah. I just feel like two seconds isn't enough of a delay in getting back into the fight to really alter anything. And honestly, like I felt like, I love that the Rev play was incentivizing teamwork like Rev, Wraith, Crypto, pulling that trio off was incredibly effective, but very hard to do for the majority of players. And I felt like like you were saying, just changing the cooldown time could have kind of altered that use in of itself and that you couldn't do it every fight like you can right now, honestly.
1: Yeah. I, this will be a continued conversation for sure. Um and, and we're just getting started here with Season 6.
0: For sure. Uh, looking at Octane now. Change the Hymn. Stim. You can now use Stim while healing, but Stim will not remove the slow you incur from healing.
1: This is not a big deal, honestly. Uh, this yeah. was a thing at one point, and they removed it saying it was a bug or some sort of mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I love playing Octane. We, again, still haven't seen... Uh, you know, team utility, but to be honest, I think Octane is in a really cool spot. I like playing him; has a lot of good abilities. I enjoy the kit. Um, mm-hmm. This, you know, change I don't think really impacts anybody, but I, I have no gripe with Octane. I guess.
0: Let's get into a bit more of a decisive one and yeah. talk about Loba. If you want to explain this one to the listeners.
1: Yes, so Respawn has stated, while Loba was initially very popular, she's been struggling to keep up more recently, maybe because of the issues with her on World's Edge, but we're tossing her a little bit of a buff. If you're curious why we've chosen to buff her ultimate rather than her tactical, we're seeing that she has decent combat success but that teams with her on them don't win as much as, say, teams with Lifeline or Watson. Interesting stat to pull. Mm -hmm. This suggests to us that her out-of-combat utility, that is to say how she funnels loot to her team, isn't doing enough. So therefore, they have lowered the cooldown time for the Black Market Ultimate from 3 minutes to 90 seconds. So cut it in half.
0: It's just so interesting because this is not what we felt like was the issue with Loba. And the fact that they're saying that she's having okay combat success and so that means her tactical is fine in their eyes is really interesting because we definitely have felt there's issues with the use of the tactical and fights and that there's not a great time to use the tactical.
1: Yeah, I think something that I guess I'll say here is when you're looking at the patch notes, for a lot of these big changes to the recon and to Loba, there's a whole paragraph explaining their actions.
0: Mm -hmm. And,
1: you know, I love transparency, but this doesn't quite feel like transparency. I like totally understand that reworking a legend is hard. Balancing is hard, but you know, last season we saw them say that Gibraltar is in a good place in one-to-one fights. Uh, and you know has the team utility with the dome and now they're saying Loba has decent combat success what does that mean right, like yeah i it just i don't really know it's very vague they're trying to use data in order to validate the kit of Loba but then say that we're going to just decrease the slider on her ultimate it just doesn't seem like They're willing to say, hey, this is hard and it takes a lot of work. We're working Mm -hmm. on it. Because I just don't really believe the fact that she's a really good fighter. Combat. She doesn't have combat abilities, is essentially Mm -hmm. what we keep on saying. So I'm skeptical of the explanation of this. I don't think it's going to change anything in using this ultimate. But same. Yeah. A little bit disappointed in that change, I guess.
0: I agree. I agree with you, definitely. Uh, looking at the other changes, we'll couple those two together, but uh, for Bangalore's rolling fun thunder, decreased the cooldown from four and a half minutes to three minutes, and then so Gibraltar, the defensive bombardment, they increased the cooldown from three minutes to four and a half minutes, so they just flip-flopped those two. And it's very interesting way of looking at things. Henry, you've got more experience with both these characters, so why don't you explain your point of view on this one?
1: Yeah, Shay, I don't want to be negative, but I have to be honest. Like, I have to be honest on this. And Mm -hmm. I look at this change and I guess my just reaction is this is kind of lazy and Mm kind of doesn't accomplish anything. Uh, You know, a lot of people, including us, were hoping for maybe a rework or a bigger change to Bangalore's ultimate. Specifically, mm-hmm. and the fact that they're just gonna allow you to have it more is yes a good thing. She desperately needed that, um, but it just—it's not enough to get excited about, uh, I guess. And doesn't feel like they're giving her—I think—the needed attention. Even though I'm—I'm I'm a huge supporter of Bangalore. Love the passive. Mm-hmm. Love the tactical. Love the ultimate. Love the play style. Uh, I really enjoy playing Bangalore. I just feel like since, you know, we're doing reworks for Wraith and Lifeline, (laughs) maybe we could spend some effort on Bangalore and we didn't get that. And then with the Gibraltar, you know, I'm a Gibraltar main. This doesn't really affect me a a large amount, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, supposedly Gibraltar must be in a good place, you know, since their uh, nerfs have been very hesitant. I think mm-hmm. like slowly bringing down the duration of the shield, slowly bringing down the duration of the arm shield and then now increasing the cooldown for the ultimate and it's like he's kind of inching his way uh you know down the nerf tree but I don't know if anybody was really complaining season 5 about just getting Gibraltar ultimated all the time mm-hmm. so you know it just I guess what I'm saying is They put these together and what it looks like is they're saying, we flip-flopped them. Now Bangalore's Mm -hmm. is good and Gibraltar's is bad. And I just think that just changing the time doesn't make Bangalore's good. And just because you make Bangalore's more frequent doesn't mean you have to make Gibraltar's less frequent. So I I just think it's kind of odd.
0: Yeah I mean it just like is kind of what you're saying the laziness it doesn't look like you're looking at the team utility aspect of it like these ultimates are used incredibly differently. One is a zoning ability and one can be used aggressively um, to deal out serious damage and so grouping them together I don't think is accurate personally. And that's just what it looks like like Mm -hmm.
1: it just looks like they think these are equivalent abilities and one is good mm-hmm. as one is bad and we're just going to flip-flop them and it's going to be good for Bangalore and bad for Gibraltar and I for honestly sure. don't know if it has much of effect on either of them
0: yeah last changes to Watson uh, with the interception pylon the trophy system will now shoot down caustic barrels in flight if they would have landed inside the range of the trophy kind of reinforcing the defensive meta in that counter to watson had become caustic with those traps in a way
1: yeah i think this is a nice change to watson very nice that her ultimate can do that last season we got pretty scared when we realized you could toss the caustic barrels in windows into a unsuspecting watson and do some serious damage so i think this is good
0: for sure Looking at the loot. So, for loot, they added extended energy mags and the turbocharger hop up back into the game. And the updated version is kind of a removal of the precision choke from the loot pool. But instead of removing it entirely from the game, they integrated it into the triple take and peacekeeper by default. And you have the fire select toggle to turn the choke on or off. Any thoughts on these?
1: good on the precision choke. We were really tired Mm -hmm. of picking it up. I think this is great. Nice little uh, change. And then for the turbocharger, if you're listening and you're not quite sure what the turbocharger is, um, it was a hop-up that was on the Care Package Devotion, and essentially Mm -hmm. what it does is it decreases the uh, spin-up time uh, for the Devotion and the Havoc. So it's a very good hop-up. It was phased out of the uh hop up pool and then it was so good that they put it on the uh care package devo and now it's back
0: yeah it's an interesting change we're gonna talk let's talk more about the devotion here in a second with this next change um big move into the supply drop the r99 Um, and so with the return of the r99 into the supply drop the damage was increased from 11 to 12 Increased the magazine size to 32. The ammo reserve is 160, which is not a lot for the people that are used the R99 and know how quickly you can dump ammo with that gun. And with the addition of that into the supply drop, they took the Devotion out of the supply drop and put it into the ground loot. And no changes to that gun. They just uh, reduced the clip size back to its original values. Of 36, 40, 44, and 48. This is an interesting, interesting shift to the meta.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're still listening, thanks for holding with us. There's a lot of stuff to cover this season. And Mm -hmm. we have to spend a little bit of time talking about the devotion here. Um, Yeah, what Shay said, it's interesting. I mean, based on what they said, Uh, Back in the day, the Devotion had to be removed from the loot pool because it was too dominant in Mm -hmm. late games. And now the fact that it's just tossed back on the ground, um, still in that state, is honestly just shocking. Like They said, hey, we're going to remove this gun as a safety precaution. It's going to make the game better. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we're going to keep it in the care package for a fun, really, really powerful gun. Uh, so you're welcome and now we're just kind of getting it plopped back in our lap and said here you go now there's going to be a lot more devotions in the game and Mm -hmm. the turbocharger's back it's very interesting in my opinion
0: the justification of this from the dev team was that you know with the addition of rampart they wanted more lmgs back in the game and so they wanted to put this on the ground and so that kind of led to the reintroduction of the turbocharger and such but I don't know, man. It's an interesting decision. I don't like that they said the gun was too overpowered to be in the game, and now they're just bringing it back and not making any changes to it at all. Yeah. Um, I think we could see a lot of Devotion end games, uh coming up here in the near future.
1: And here's the thing I'll say. I don't know if this makes me seem uh, gullible <laughs> or what, but I'm fine if uh respawn just says hey the devotion is a is a good weapon but it's not overpowered stats show us that it belongs on the ground like i'm cool with that and then don't make any changes but i just get really kind of uh confused when you say this gun is so dominant so good it can't be in play we have to make this change and then you just say never mind it's mm-hmm. confusing, and I feel like they could have reintroduced the devotion and the turbocharger, uh, but made some changes to it at least, and just said this is gonna help. Because now I just feel like this is a great excuse for people to complain in game, like oh, they had a devotion, mm-hmm. it's over. Because in mm-hmm. season five, that was that's what people said, and now we just are gonna get probably a lot more of that,
0: for sure. Looking at the fully kitted gold weapons, now we have the Devotion, the Mastiff, the Triple Take, the Flatline, and the Volt. Um, Cool to see these always shifted every season, and hopefully we'll uh, get that figured out shortly.
1: Yeah, next up we had sniper ammo changes. Um, Now on the ground, uh, the pickup rate has been increased from 8 to 12. they also increase the stack size from 16 to 24.
0: Yeah, I mean, interesting change kind of reinforces that defensive meta in a way and that like we're making it so you can use sniper ammo more if you are carrying that sniper. And now that we're valuing positioning with these beacons introducing defensive legend, it kind of all ties together in that way in my opinion at least.
1: Totally. And then for energy ammo, uh, they reverted back to having the ammo picked up to be 20 from the change 30. So now there's Mm -hmm. more energy weapons. They've put it back in line with how heavy and light ammo are treated on the ground.
0: For sure. Makes sense. Uh, Let's dive into the weapon updates. Uh, First and foremost, we have the Hemlock. Reduced vertical recoil in burst mode. Slightly reducing recoil pattern on the second and third shot. And so the first burst kicks less. Uh, The burst mode time between bursts was also decreased from 0.32 to 0.28. Henry, this one just blew me away, man.
1: (laughs) I did not think they were going to do this, Shay. We were loving the Hemlock on single and burst last season. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, it got a massive buff. So PSA, use the Hemlock now, even more than before.
0: It's crazy. Uh, Charge Rifle will now use 2 ammo per shot, increase the mag size from 4 to 8. This just kind of comes in line with the increase of the sniper ammo in general for a stack size. Looking at other snipers though, we got a buff to the triple take. So increase the fire rate from 1.25 to 1.4. Increase the mag size from 5, 6, 7, and 8 to 6, 7, 8, and 9. And built the choke hop up into the weapon by default. Uh, With the toggle select fire to enable or disable the choke. Anything major here, Henry?
1: All I have to say is every single sniper in this game is incredibly good. If Mm -hmm. you want to snipe, this game definitely wants to pave a golden brick road for you. Um, (laughs) It's really, it's really crazy, you know. And it's different from like Warzone, you know. You're not going to get the one shot kills all the time, but Mm -hmm. the rate of fire on these guns, all of them, and the damage output is just really impressive. It's a very viable option to now use any sniper
0: for sure uh, with that we got changes to the pk built being the choke up, choke into the gun itself uh, with the toggle select fire i don't think people are going to be using that toggle that often with the pk but it is it's there now uh, spitfire improve recoil controllability haven't noticed this myself personally i also haven't had the opportunity to use the Spitfire with a really nice barrel yet this season to see if there is a huge difference.
1: Yeah, not quite sure what this terminology means. Um, It appears to still have recoil. Um, It appears to still be most effective at very close range in terms of recoil. Um, Mm -hmm. But hopefully this is a little bit of a tweak to make it more viable.
0: For sure. Uh, Change to the Havoc, updated the Havoc with a new recoil pattern. Uh, in the note from the designer, the Havoc's existing recoil pattern had constant horizontal movement. This means it would be either too difficult to control or if there was too much recoil, or far too easy to control if there was too little recoil. Updating to a new pattern which is more consistent in style with the existing recoil patterns really makes the Havoc a lot more viable again, in my opinion. You've used it a lot more than me, though, so I'll have you speak to that a little bit.
1: Yeah, holy cow. The Havoc in Season 4 was redonculous, and there wasn't mm-hmm. a turbocharger and there wasn't extended energy mags um but now that there is both those things and they've now uh you know removed the very inconsistent recoil pattern the havoc now has a maximum ammo capacity of 36 and with the turbocharger it is an incredibly incredibly
0: good gun so mm-hmm. the days of the havoc are back folks For sure. Uh, Mozambique, increased clip size from 3 to 4. Do not sleep on this weapon. Having four shots in it, it can do some serious damage.
1: Yeah, I mean, one shot is, uh, it counts for this weapon, for Mm -hmm.
0: sure. Uh, P2020 changes, increased damage from 13 to 15. Decrease the hammer point damage multiplier from 2.7 to 2.35. This will leave hammer point P2020 damage unchanged in most scenarios in the developers' opinions and increase the mag size from 10, 13, 15, and 18 to 12, 14, 16, and 18. So some little bit more viability, I think, with the P2020 potentially.
1: Yeah, late last season we were loving the hammer point on the P2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I think it it's even better now.
0: So that's For cool. Sure. The most random change of the entire season right here with the Sentinel. You only require one shield cell to charge if the player using the Sentinel has gold armor. I don't know. It's random. It's cool, but it was... I don't think anyone was asking for that one. (laughs) The
1: fact that they put it into the notes and last season didn't put it in the notes, that they changed it to two shield cells compared to a battery, is definitely the most random occurrence here in the notes.
0: Oh my goodness. And another significant buff to wrap up these weapons is the Prowler. Slightly reduced vertical recoil in burst mode and increased horizontal recoil in auto mode. Henry, you got some strong opinions about this one. Let it out.
1: Yeah, no noticeable difference um, to the horizontal recoil on the full auto mode and a very noticeable buff uh, for the burst mode. So everybody that was really sad about the Prowler sucking as a weapon, I'm happy to say that it's now good. <laughs> and Respawn has accomplished their goal for Season 6 of making the Prowler a little bit better.
0: Oh my goodness. What Probably were they, they thinking, I don't know, Henry. I mean, that's a common theme amongst a lot of these is I don't really know what I they were thinking. I don't really
1: know what the goal is here.
0: Uh, we took a couple big... Uh, Pull points from the quality of life. Obviously there's a lot of changes, all for the betterment of the game. A couple of the noticeable ones, Henry, I'll let you read these ones off for them.
1: Yeah, so the supply drop weapons, the Kraber, the Peacekeeper, um are now heirloom tier, red magenta color. And this is to avoid confusion with the fully kitted guns, uh, which will remain gold for this season.
0: Mm-hmm. And then kind of a cool change.
1: Yeah. Change color cool it's a pretty color i'm all about it um mm-hmm. and you know there was two different types of gold weapons and they were very different so speaking of terminology uh i think it's probably good and then we got uh world's edge just as a whole received a lot of performance improvements um especially around the tree and the dome and skyhook Um, looking towards the center of the map. There's just all sorts of staircases, added blocks, more cover, more loot scattered around. Um, And we already kind of discussed a lot of the big ones we've seen, but seems like the whole map has gotten some attention. And then there's also been supposed alterations uh, to the ring to prevent late zones from centering on unplayable terrain um and reduce the predictability of the zone's pull, which is a very interesting note.
0: This is going to be interesting. I mean, if theoretically a lot of the pros have to relearn the zone pulls, that could be kind of impactful. Yeah. Guys, that wraps up the season 6. We're going to dive into some questions now. Thank you so much for sticking with us. These uh season breakdown episodes are normally marathons and so We love to get you guys all the information and share all of our thoughts. And so we'll finish this one up now answering your guys' amazing questions. Uh, Henry, I'll have a read that first one off. First
1: question's coming from Graham. You helped me. I want to thank you guys for helping me out of a dark place in my life. I have depression and I'm not trying to down the vibe, but you guys have helped me out so much. And I just wanted to say thank you and ask you, if you could date any legend, who would it be? And again, thank you.
0: Graham, that means a lot to hear, man. If you ever need anything, please reach out to us and be a part of this community because I think we're all incredibly supportive and we I love everyone that's in the Discord right now and it's just a great place and I'm happy that we could have any sort of impact like that on your life. Keep listening. We love doing this and glad to know that we're like making positive changes for people in their lives. Absolutely. And what a unique question! Never heard that one before. Um, I can't tell you. I haven't thought about it, Henry. Okay, well <laughs> let the, let Graham know who you're eyeing. Graham, I, 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 oh man, it's a tough decision. There's there they there's some cute ones in there. I think I got a little bit of a soft spot for Watson, maybe though, of just because she seems so nice. You know, like who wouldn't want to date Watson?
1: <laughs> totally smart. Cute, nice, all the bases covered with Watson. I think that's a pretty safe bet. You know, I would Would say. Would be fun. Yeah. I would say Loba, but I think she scares me too much.
0: (laughs) I I love that reasoning. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Fair enough. Great question, Grim. Next question from JD Sniper, the best podcast ever. You guys are so awesome. I fell in love with Apex season one and have played ever since. You guys are so inspiring to so many people. I started the main crypto and almost have a thousand kills with him. I think that crypto has so much potential and respawn can do so much more with him. Any ideas for a better passive?
1: Yeah. So now in season six, we have an added passives. With the new uh, survey beacons and respawn. Mm -hmm. We did a whole episode on some other ideas we have. Uh, I think at this point, you know, crypto is the drone legend. And although, like for me personally, I think it's really tough to drop into a game and really not have any uh, combat or really any utility at all outside of the drone is hard. But you know what? As long as they keep making the drone uh, capable uh, by its own, I think crypto is still pretty cool. So, you know, I've had some discussions uh, about the passive uh, with a couple Mm of people in the community before, and we've talked about it on the podcast a lot. You know, I don't know. We've said what we've had to say about it, but I don't think crypto is a bad legend, like
0: in desperate need for for help. Yeah, I'll be honest. I mean, Henry and I have ranked the. Survey Beacon has one of the best passive of the games in the game True. every time we've ranked the legends. And so this is one of the best passives that is an Apex, in our opinion. And so having this on this legend is really uh, nice and I think could be impactful for him.
1: Next question is coming from Bruh Dat Gamer. Love the podcast. I love the game Apex. All these things you tell me help me out, and I have popped off like wrecking the champion and being the kill leader. Hashtag third-party podcast. And if you read mine, please tell me your favorite legend. Absolutely, bruh. Uh, my Thank favorite you, bro. legend is Gibraltar, uh, but really enjoy mixing it up. Hopefully I'll get a good chance to play a lot of Rampart. She seems really fun, and that's a pretty cool kit as far as I'm aware so far.
0: Yeah, my favorite legend, Mirage, my boy, Um, I wish I could play him more, but I've been addicted to playing Bloodhound lately. But Mirage is definitely my favorite character in the Apex universe. Last question coming from Aaliyah. Hey guys, great job with the podcast and the YouTube channel. I'm already subscribed and ready for more videos and podcast episodes. I've been trying to get to the 2k damage badge and I'm having a really hard time getting it. Any advice for high damage games? Thanks for everything you do for the pod and your channel. Keep up the good work.
1: Thanks for the support, Aaliyah, and really good question. You know, trying to get people to improve their performance and reach goals is something that we really care about and try to give constant advice on, you know, throughout all of our shows. Um, You know, to speak honestly, Shay and I have gotten 2K damage games with a variety of weapons. You know, it's not necessarily tied to the gun or the legend per se, Um, but to give something that might help is if you're, you know, on the edge of that and you're really shooting for it, I would lean towards more long range guns, Um, maybe not snipers, perhaps snipers if you're feeling confident um but certainly the g7 and the hemlock i think are pretty good mm-hmm. things to at least give a a real good shake at and just do a lot of damage um uh, i don't know what you're interested in if you want to farm damage and you just care about the 2k um or you just kind of want to passively be doing more damage overall but i don't know that's my advice do you have anything to add shay
0: no, I was gonna say the same thing. G seven, hemlock. If you're going just for that two K badge, um, overall shifting your play style to be a bit more uh, surviving, and so and what not in a way of avoiding fights, but more so And if you get into a fight and you take a lot of damage, don't push it and just like sacrifice yourself to try and get the clip, to try and get the good play, um, and knowing your team's gonna be there, but back it up and heal and reengage and. You know, Pathfinder can be a good legend for that. Octane can be a good legend for that. But playing with that G7 and Hemlock for sure.
1: Yeah, one of the playstyles that Shay and I kind of just incorporate into our team dynamic is something that I'll call like cycle aggression or cycle pushing. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much where you go in, do some damage, then pull back and heal. And then somebody else goes up and you kind of just cycle through doing that consistent damage and not risking anybody getting too overextended and going down. Um, And I think implementing that kind of hit and run tactics can definitely help
0: uh, get that damage up. For sure. Great question, Aaliyah. Guys, thank you so much for sticking with us. Subscribe on Apple Pods. Follow on Spotify. But I mean, if you've listened to this entire episode, you're probably already doing that. Thanks for Leave listening. A five- <laughs> Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod. Sub to our YouTube channel, Third Party Podcasts, and stop by our weekly stream. Check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down.
1: i hey brother, not today, maybe tomorrow.